guys. Welcome to Faith and Friction, where we are confronting all the challenging conversations that are causing friction in the church. I am happy to be here with my good friends, Tracy, Chi-Chi, and PJ. Hello. And we are going to provide amazing perspectives. We all come from different backgrounds, so it's amazing that we're going to give that to you guys, all with the basis of the Bible, the Word of God. Well, we're going to get right into this. First episode, we're going to talk about the red heifer. Yes. This is an important, important topic that you may or may not know about, but even more amazing than that was that you guys were all there. Yeah. And I am super jealous because this is a historic event that I missed out on. So can y'all like just give your experience on that? Man, who's kicking that off? Yeah. Uh, Jason. Well, let me just tell you, there. Uh, it's so cool because this topic, someone might be watching going, Red Heifer, I think I've heard of that. Why is this important? But man, this is one of the primary signs in biblical prophecy sure. of the beginning of the last days. You know, some people say, just like scripture, people say, um, haven't, hasn't it been thousands of years? People, you know, Jesus is coming back and he never has come yet. And so what's, how do we know this is really the end? Well, this subject today is without a doubt the primary, I mean, reason why we're stepping into the last days. And we have proof, video footage, personal stories, yeah. not yeah. someone else's story of that this prophecy in this situation is being fulfilled as we're filming this right now. They're preparing this whole situation. Yeah, and it's super cool. And I know you're, as you're starting in that, uh, me and Tracy had the privilege of being there, kind of shooting footage, and these rabbis are here, and there's so much chaos going on. There was another film crew in there, and we're just like, how the heck did we get to <laughs> yeah. be here? And, yeah, it was it was really wild. What'd you, what was like going through your mind we were there doing all those things. I think what's so cool about it is I was not shocked that this was happening because when I was saved not too long ago at 30 years of age, we were dating one year into my salvation and sanctification. And I didn't have any knowledge of the Bible. And I knew I was called to some war in the spirit mm. world uh, and end times. And I didn't even know how to verbalize it. But when me and Chi Chi were talking about it, he was like, oh yeah, that's, that's in the Bible. Uh, and so feeling called to it. Yeah. And then you give us this opportunity to come and be the media team and actually record these red heifers. Uh, and I just remember a moment when we were filming and I just felt the presence of the Lord and it was mm. so tangible. And I felt honored of like, we're walking through biblical prophecy right now. Mm -hmm. Like what is happening? Mm -hmm. so, yeah. I mean, it's one thing to discuss it and it's another thing to be in the middle you know, experiencing it. And we're not just saying because we were physically there, but this generation, like yeah. we're on the oh, earth yeah. at this time. For some reason, you're here because God chose you. There's something inside of you that God wants out in these last days. So we're about to show you and prove to you that we're really in the time of the turn of Christ. Yeah, it was wild. So real quick, there was a lot happening this day. Um, PJ, if you could get into some of this backstory, just know we're here. There's rabbis here. There's tons of baby calves here. People are checking them. And we kind of knew what was going on as far as like myself and Tracy. Obviously, um, you, PJ, felt called to this kind of stuff in, in the last days from years ago before any of this stuff kind of started to develop. And, and you're beginning to get as involved as you now are and, and as we all are uh, mm -hmm. with the connection yeah. and stuff that we have. And so we're, just take us that day. What what all was happening 
Why was it happening that way? Kind of what's like the buildup to some of that stuff? Yeah, I mean, the buildup just starts with, I mean, why is it important? You know, like, how is this red heifer situation big and how did we end up here in this time? And I can remember just from years ago, I mean, even when I was a teenager, I just asked God, I said, God, I want to be right in the middle of what you're doing in the last days. If we're really in the last days, I don't want to miss out. I want to be engaged in it. And it's neat because God does give you the desires of your heart. Mm -hmm. And so the way this whole situation came, first of all, the red heifers are in Numbers chapter 19. So just know that. I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but it just talks about what the purpose of the red heifer is under the law. And the ashes of the red heifer uh, is to be combined with water. And that is what they purified the priesthood with, the, the utensils that were used in the temple and the tabernacle times. And so you really can't have a temple that is in full operation without first having the ashes of a red heifer. The Bible says it has to be perfect. I mean, completely red, not other colored hairs, and it can't have any, you know, flaws or any defects about it. And it's amazing because in all of history, since Numbers 19, there have only been nine red heifers found that qualified to cleanse the priesthood for the temple. And it's interesting. I don't know if y'all knew this, but I've heard that uh, there's a rabbi like a thousand years ago that said, uh, I could be, it could be 500. I don't know, but it was a long time ago or five years. But there's a rabbi that said that uh, whenever the 10th red heifer is found, it will mark the beginning of the messianic age. And we know the messianic age is the return of Christ. And it's amazing because this red heifer is the 10th red heifer and 3,000 years that has been found. So it's not a coincidence there. It's I mean, amazing. it's amazing. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. Crazy, yeah. And um, for those that don't know, you have to have this red heifer before you can initiate any of the building of the third temple or, right? Isn't well, that they can build it. But they, they just can't, can't use it. Have services. Because the priesthood wouldn't be purified to use it. So it's kind of okay. like they usually will do it hand in hand because it's like, why build it and then just stare You're at it? You're not allowed. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, got, yeah you yeah. can't go into the holy place. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's it's wild because it's like, I feel like for the past thousand years, since Jesus uh, ascended into heaven, people have been like, man, we're in the last days. We're in yeah. the last days. And there's been so many books and movies and novels and just all these things. I know they're in the eighties. There was a big, like, yo, he's coming back in 88. And again, in Y2K <laughs> 2000, yep. like Jesus is coming back. And then again, in 2012, I remember seeing the movie 2012 and being the like, man, is this going to be it out before I was yep. even know what was going on. <laughs> yeah. And so man, in y'all's opinion, especially with everything happening now, knowing that this is the 10th red heifer being there when we shot, um, these videos and seeing these rabbis from Israel come and look and examine these things. Are we that close? Oh my gosh. Biblically. I, feel like I we're made the, the point because we know there's going to be a temple. Dan the book of Daniel yeah. says, you know, the Antichrist is going to stand in the third temple and mm -hmm. claim to be God. Well, everyone's saying, where's that temple? That's really the last days. Right. This, this is the beginning. starts it. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. I think this is the biggest sign that we've had so far oh, yeah. and the fact that they want to sacrifice this in the next six months is even more yeah. amazing. Yeah. And I would just say this for those of you that are believers, like as we are, uh, we know that Jesus was and is the final sacrifice. And so yeah. we're not saying that the red heifer is, you know, replacing Christ or this, but we know that under the law, the Jews and Israel right now living under the law, this is what God commanded them. And they're doing what they know 
that God told them. And so I, I want to read real quick our scripture because I think this helps. You know, the red heifer is in the New Testament. It's not just only found in the Old Testament. In Hebrews chapter 9, verses 13 and 14 says, For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, mm-hmm. speaking of the red heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies the purifying of flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? So even here in Hebrews, it's talking about the red heifer and the purpose of it. Yeah, the importance of it, for sure. I don't know if we even mentioned this, but the red heifer thing happened last year, right? A year, over 20, a year. 20, December 2021. Yeah. Let's actually get into yeah, that. Let's yeah. get, we yeah. kind let's of around it, right, right. but let's yeah. get into the details of what was it and what did we do. Yeah. And you well, have so many incredible backstories. Oh, crazy. Yeah. I know. Just interrupt me because I can talk no, go for on it. this. But uh, just give you the clips. backstory so that y'all know how did we, out of 8 billion people on the earth, end up in the middle of this? You know, yeah. um, That's well, crazy. let me just save some time. So <laughs> I'm just going to fast forward to where this all came about, you know, and this was actually in the fall of 2021 uh, right. before y'all yep. went on that trip. Yep. And, um, right. and, uh, one of my mentors, a uh, man named pastor Robert Mawiri, um, is, uh, really involved with Israel and he's been involved since it wasn't popular even in the nineties, you know? And, uh, one of the ways this came about is that he called me and said, Hey, um, I'd like for you to go with me. There are rabbis coming in town and they are coming to find a red heifer to fulfill prophecy. And they are bent on finding this red heifer. It is their calling and their purpose. And, of course, I was like, I, I didn't even have to think about my schedule. I was like, <laughs> yes, I'll cancel anything, really, to be in the middle of prophecy. And so I was going to meet him uh, in West Texas at mm-hmm. this ranch to meet the rabbis as well and uh, just introduce them and have them walk through. And they were going to look for some uh, just newly born uh, red heifers that might qualify. And it wasn't, I don't remember the exact day, but it was only a few days before they were supposed to arrive. And Pastor Robert called me and said, hey, by the way, uh, that fell through. The guy that was going <laughs> to do it backed out and he had some reasons with his faith and things. He just didn't feel comfortable. And so that whole thing was like falling apart on the outside and they were like on their way. I don't know if they're already on the plane or oh already gosh. en route or what, but it was just right before they got here. And it was like, okay, God, like we're either going to look really bad or you're going to do something if this is you. And so uh, the day that he invited me to go with him, I have to back up. I got so excited that I called my dad. I had to tell somebody. I was like, <laughs> do you remember how I said I've always been one to be right in the middle of what God's doing? I was just invited to meet these rabbis that are part of the rabbis that are from the Temple Institute preparing for the Third Temple to be a part of this red heifer thing. And uh, and he just said, man, that's awesome. And we were just excited about it. And so he has a prayer partner, a friend of his that he called and was just like, guess what? I mean, the word spreads fast, by the way, you know, right. Jason's going to go be a part of this red heifer thing. And he got upset with my dad on the phone. And he goes, why didn't they call me? Mm-hmm. And he's like, what do you mean? And he goes, we have, my brother and I have had red, we've been raising red Angus for 35 years. And he said, my brother 35 years ago said that they were trying to figure out what type of cattle to raise. And he chose red Angus and said, you know, Lord, I know there's this thing about the red heifer and it would be so cool, God, if I could be play a small part in that, providing that maybe amazing. the red heifer one day if we're in the last days. That's crazy. Like, what is, that's not a coincidence. That is yeah. crazy. You know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that just set up the whole situation. And then, he said, well, so he found out. And then I called him back a couple of days later. I said, oh, it all fell through. And 
Jesus isn't coming. No, I'm kidding. I was just like, what's happening? And uh, he said, um, well, um, the guy that he had told about that said, why don't y'all come out and look at our red Angus, you know, and don't worry about all that because we have all of this, this herd, if you will. So it was amazing because we just got to talk to the rabbis like, oh, yeah, it's been planned all along. Come with us. We're going to this ranch now. And so uh, that kind of set up the background of how we got to where they found uh, the red okay. heifers. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Right here in Texas. Right in here in Texas. Texas. Yeah. That's oh my the gosh. craziest part. Isn't there a story about the diamond jeweler too? Something about a yeah. prophecy or something with that? I mean, so like this guy, um, I, I don't want to say names because I want to get his permission, but okay. he that him and his brother that have these red hang- Angus, he is a, um, a diamond dealer as well. That's one of his main things that he does. So going back to the time when the rabbis get here and we meet out at this ranch and uh, we're all excited, they're excited, and they are on official, you know, they have been sent officially from the main group in Jerusalem to kind of oversee this and see if there's any merit to these red heifers. And we're all sitting there, and right before we go out, one of the rabbis goes, uh, I don't remember the word he used, but he says, not an unction, but he said, I feel like God is telling me to share this with y'all, and I don't know why. Do you know the story of the last time we found a red heifer, which was 2,000 years ago? It was the ninth red Mm -hmm. heifer in 3,000 years. And he goes, let me tell you the story of the last one that we found. And he just goes on to talk about as they were looking for, um, you know, the priests had the, the breastplate with the jewels on it that Scripture talks about, and they were looking for the diamond. They still needed that the diamond jewel to go on the breastplate for the high priest. And, of course, they hadn't found the red heifer yet either. And so they went to the diamond dealer in Jerusalem who was a Gentile, and they said, hey, this is what we're looking for. We need a diamond for the uh, breastplate for the priest. And uh, he said, come back tomorrow, and, uh, and I'll get it for you. And they said, no, we are on a schedule. This is important. We don't need to come back. Just name a price. And they offered him, and this is written in history. They offered him a certain amount of money, and it was a lot of money. And he said, no, come back tomorrow. I can't do it today. And they went back and forth for a time, and eventually they just gave up and said, fine, we'll come back tomorrow. Well, they came back the next day, and when they did, um, he said, okay, here's the diamond. They said, why did you make us come back? And he said, my father was asleep. And when you came, the key to get into the safe, if you will, of where the diamonds were, was under his pillow. And he said, I didn't want to wake my father. And he actually sold it to him at the first price they offered, not the exorbitant price, because they kept going up. And because he said, I'm honoring God, and I want to do this to to be a blessing to you. And they said, since you've done this, not only will you be a part of this, the breastplate of the priest, but, and they essentially, I guess, prophesied to him and said, but the red heifer is going to come from your herd. And of course, they found the spotless red heifer from that diamond dealer's herd. And now we're at a diamond dealer's place 2,000 (laughs) years later. When he told us that, we all just, it was silent in the room. We're like, you've got to be kidding. Yeah. What are the chances? That's insane. It's wild. We're here filming December-ish, I guess, of 2021. Mm -hmm. And yeah, a few months later, looking uh, through them, you got rabbis on FaceTime from there. You got some high level rabbis here in the building and there was a camera crew there, which was really funny because there's a camera crew there that was just at work. Right. And so I don't think they understood the magnitude yeah. of what yeah. was taking place there. So we're filming here and we're like, man, we're one of two camera people. The other camera crew was a big network. We'll just say that. And man, just to think of the favor, like you said earlier, 
of 8 billion people on the planet, an event that's going to not only shift this world, but just massive and biblical proportion and to be one of the 20 or so that was there is, is, is amazing. And so, and they invited us back because you're talking about December, 2021. mm -hmm. Yeah. We ended up going because I said, Hey, would y'all come help film this? Mm -hmm. You know, like they gave us permission with one other crew. Yeah. But the the reason is, and that was a little over, no, a little under two years ago. And in in scripture, the red heifer has to be at least two years old. Mm-hmm. So it's a to, to sacrifice. And so just to think, we're a year and a half or so since they found them. And of course, we actually encouraged them not to just look for one and said, hey, because a lot of times, like you might have seen on the news 10, 15 years ago, it always Every few years, someone found the red heifer, and then it becomes disqualified at some point. Oh, it grew a white hair, or Mm -hmm. something was wrong with it. And so uh, we just said, hey, why don't you look for, like, more than one? And so we they were looking for five, Mm -hmm. and they found five that qualified right off the bat that actually the hairs and everything that needed to happen happened. So just think, only nine in 3,000 years, now they have five potential candidates. They only need one. And so we're now going back because the head rabbis, the the early kind of crew came out and they said, look, we're not going to waste our time with all these top level guys mm-hmm. until we know that there's something there. Once they had those, they came back with the big dogs yep. and we're like, yeah. now we want to look at it it's and be official. Yeah. Yeah. So we're on a Texas ranch in December. It's cold. It was very cold, but so exciting. And Jason, you were FaceTiming rabbis back in Israel. Yeah. And so he's in the pen and they literally one by one, the calves came in and they examined them to check. Is this a pure cow? Does it have scratches? Does it have this? And they would just eliminate them and send them into the no pen. And then if they were deemed pure and clean, they sent them into the yes pen. And it was just so incredible to watch this process happen. And even the moment of, how do we know which one is which? And because you can't tag them, you can't do anything mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. And so someone had a marker, like oh, chalk. Orange chalk. Orange mark. chalk. And they wrote Hebrew on their foreheads. Oh my gosh. And so How we're in cool. the pen taking pictures and videos so that they know which calf is which. And so, yeah, it was just to be there. It was, it was absolutely incredible. It's really wild. So with all of this, what and why? I guess it's a question for everybody, and I'll kind of answer it like, why? If I'm a believer and I'm like, cool, whether I'm super into the end times or last day stuff or I'm not, like, why should we as believers or non-believers, people that are wondering what's all this about, what does this mean? Like, what happens now? They're, two years is coming up. Scripture says they have to be at least two years before they can get sacrificed. And so if I'm a believer, I'm like, oh, man, they found this red heifer. That means it's going down. <laughs> what happens next? What am I supposed to be looking for? What's the next sign? After this thing is sacrificed, then what? Like, is Jesus coming down, mm-hmm. coming through the clouds and bringing the church up? Then is something crazy going to happen after that? They're going to sacrifice it and an earthquake happens. Like, what happens yeah. post-sacrifice, assuming that sacrifice happens within the next 12 months? Well, Annalie, you said it right. It's like, we can't even start the process of the final seven years, if you will, in Scripture until the temple is operating. Because mm-hmm. we know, and most all theologians would agree on the last days, that when this temple, uh, the sacrifices are being resumed in this third temple, uh, there's three and a half years. Um, mm-hmm. And then the Antichrist, according to Daniel 9, 
stands in the temple, stops the sacrifices, and says, all right, no need to sacrifice anymore. I'm the Messiah. Uh, I am here, the fulfillment of this. And that is where the Antichrist deception begins. So if you want to just look at the final timeline, Mm -hmm. we have to have this red heifer. And it's interesting because they would sacrifice. The red heifer will be sacrificed on the Mount of Olives Mm -hmm. uh, across the Kidron Valley. And they're going to have to have be able to see the eastern gate while they sacrifice the red heifer. And, of course, the eastern gate is the gate Christ went through into the temple. And it's amazing because you think of the red heifer and then you think of how it represents Christ, spotless, blameless, without blemish. Uh, and so they are actually, they have procured the land on the Mount of Olives to actually, and, and the approval to have the sacrifice there, and they are planning on it. I can't give you dates yet until they announce it, but they're planning on doing it, I'll say this, in less than 12 months from now. Wow. They can do it as early as when it's two years old at the end of this year, but they're going to be doing it most likely uh, next year at some point in the spring, give or take. So that really will kick off the process of now they can set the temple up. And by the way, the temple doesn't have to be built like you're thinking, like of masonry and stone and takes years to do. Uh, They can set up the tabernacle, just like Moses' tabernacle, and set the temple up quickly. So once they have this red heifer, it's not like 10 years of building this huge temple. They can set up the tabernacle, which is like a tent structure, very quickly and start the process of sacrificing the high priest the holy place, and that's where the final seven years starts. So just just to clarify, less than 12 months from now, they should be sacrificing the 10th red heifer. It's If the red heifers, there's a few of them that were disqualified of the five. For sure. If one of those remains a candidate, then they are definitely going to do it. Already met with the government. They have plans going on. You got to think millions of people are going to be coming from around the world. It's going to be broadcast live worldwide. And so there's a lot of prep. But you're right. In less than 12 months could be Less than 12 months. This is a huge time marker for us to awaken, really, if you don't know much about this, especially like growing up in in a Christian church, but not knowing anything about Israel or caring about it at all. We never learned anything about it. I'm like, what is this red heifer thing all about? I don't know about you, Tracy, but uh, I don't know if you knew anything about this being a a fresh believer, but me being one that's been in church all my life, I didn't know about this. So I think there's a lot of people out there that have no idea what's going on, what's happening, where we are in the timeline. It's, it's kind of sad that a lot of pastors don't talk about it, but it's also good that we're able to provide that for people that want yeah. to know more, that should know more. Call, yeah, for, for sure. sure. Yeah. I will say my comfort comes through Jesus because you can talk about end times and just those words are scary. Mm-hmm. And I just don't allow my flesh to spiral because I have relationship with the Lord. And I believe that he's called us for this time to be the light in the dark and in mm. the chaos. And so I just get that much more excited to know God even deeper so that when things start to happen, I'm rooted Mm -hmm. and I'm ready to go and I'm prepared and I'm equipped versus fear. Cause there's a lot of fear based teaching on this. And so just to comfort those who are listening that Jesus wins, God wins. Like we're fighting from victory and not for victory as Chichi always says in his worship. And so we're going to stay rooted in that. And so we're not here to, 
cause any confusion or chaos. We're here to say that there's hope in Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. and that our God is real and he speaks to us and he's going to guide us through this time. And Jason, I always love what you preach Mm. about just, yeah, when things happen, like God's going to get the glory. And so we're going to keep our eyes on God and not what Satan is doing. And so just want to receive that comfort and peace, knowing that God reigns. Yeah. Yeah, Um, And also a question, I think a lot of listeners that is, have grown up in church probably are asking us, should I be supporting this? Is this something I should support? And I think it's a huge yes. Um, there's going to be a third temple and it's going to be God's temple. It's not the Antichrist temple. Um, I love this scripture in Ezekiel 43, seven that says regarding the third temple, it says, son of man, this is the place of my throne and the place of the soles of my feet where I will dwell in the midst of the children of Israel forever. This is the temple of God. I think you can't ignore all of the signs that are happening, even if maybe someone's uncomfortable by it. But like Tracy, you're saying, I mean, we don't have to be fearful for yeah. it. But yeah, it is the temple of God. We know mm-hmm. we're the temple of God, obviously, as yeah. believers. But the scripture clearly talks about in the last days, this temple that's standing all throughout Ezekiel. And even in Daniel 9, it says the Antichrist will stand in God's temple, temple yeah, of God. You're right. So there is also a physical temple that Jesus is going to come stand in when mm-hmm. he comes back and reveal himself. Just like the Antichrist, the devil always has this counterfeit before the original. And we know Jesus is coming back to show himself to the world. And of course, the Antichrist stands in first and tries to say, it's me, it's me, look what's happening. And so we can't ignore the sign of the times. And I think it should just fire you up in the knowing. And so we're going to be able to give you updates as this goes on, because look, Jesus could come in a hundred years. He even says he doesn't, only God the Father knows. And Jesus is waiting on the Father to say, now go. So if it's, they're disqualified, hey, then we have more time. But if one of these red heifers stays qualified and they go through with this, we start the countdown clock. So before we wrap this up, I think this is so important and huge for people like me that have grown up in the church and have gone under this replacement theology mentality where it's the the Jews don't matter anymore, that we've replaced the Jews. They're not the chosen people. Uh, Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. Why is this important to me? I think that is something that needs to be answered. Yeah. And just like we alluded to earlier, Jesus is the final sacrifice. But you cannot hold Israel, the people of Israel, in contempt because they are not seeing that. I mean, Scripture in the New Testament clearly says there's a veil. So they can't see. So they're doing what they know to do, and they have a role to fulfill in these last days. I mean, Romans, you can read it later. Chapter 9 and 10 is clear about God has not forsaken Israel. Mm -hmm. There's a purpose, and we actually have been grafted in together, one new man in Christ. And so we're not replacing Israel. Israel is now, we are in the family of God together, and there's a covenant God has with them. Mm -hmm. God can't break his covenant. He can't lie. So if he made a covenant with them, through Abraham, then guess what? It's still intact today. And so we haven't replaced Israel. There's no competition. And the Bible says all of Israel will be saved in one day. So there's a great move of God that there's going to be salvation sweeping the land. The Jews are going to see Jesus for who truly is. They're looking for him to come the first time. We know he's coming for the second time. But as long as their faith is in him, that's going to happen. Until then, there's a blinders there. And I think it's a benefit for us, the Gentiles. I love Romans 11, 25 and 26 says, mm-hmm. for I do not desire you to be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion 
that blindness in part has happened in Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles, until we all come in, mm. has come in. And so all of Israel will be saved. So it is partly for a benefit that they have not seen. They yeah. are truly blinded right now, but that doesn't mean that we don't support. I like how you say it says until the fullness of the Gentiles. Yeah. That means, guess what? Gentiles, if you will, the <laughs> church, we have a lot to be doing right now. Yeah. I mean, our, yes. we're wrapping up the call of God for the church. The whole world is going to shift on its axis, and we're the, the middle of what God is doing. So the church has to wake up and yeah. recognize we're in the last days. When's the last time you heard a teaching on a Sunday about mm -hmm. the last days? Yeah. It's almost Seriously. taboo, and we should be talking about that from our pulpits as well. Sure. Yeah, and we're entering into a time where the, you're not going to have a choice. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. And again, if like Tracy was saying earlier, it's not something that should initiate fear, but almost like excitement and oh, joy. Because yeah. technically your job and role as a believer doesn't change as a result of this. If anything, the urgency of what you're doing yes. <laughs> should then be amplified and elevated. But we're going to enter into a time, I feel, way sooner than we all think to where so many questions, which I think that's why many people are going to come to know Jesus and, and receive salvation for the first time just globally. But there's going to be people asking these questions like, man, there's war starting. There's sacrifices happening. There's temples going. What does this all mean? And yeah, there's going to be a lot of leaders and pastors and people that are not going to be able to avoid um, these conversations. And so oh, yeah. and it truly is an exciting yeah. thing. It's really exciting. Y'all, I'm excited for this. Yes. Yeah. Episode one coming in hot with red heifers. <laughs> and we want y'all to be a part of it. We want you to be a part of the conversation. We want your feedback. Um, our heart is, is Jesus. Our heart is compassion and truth. And so we would love to hear y'all's thoughts. We'd love to hear what topics are causing friction in the church that we can talk about with compassion and grace. Mm -hmm. uh, and just super excited. We all have very different experiences and perspectives. Mm -hmm. And we're just getting started. We have some really awesome topics coming up. So like and subscribe. Do all of the things you do on social media. And it's going to, yeah, share. share. Mm -hmm. Because we, we need to get the word out. Mm -hmm. And we need, yeah, we need to hear... I just love when Christians can sit at a table and talk and have conversation in a healthy way. Uh, we're not all going to agree on things, which is great because that's the you know perspective. We agree on the truth of the word of God, um, but we have different perspective. And so we're excited to dig into that. And so thank you all for watching Faith and Friction on the Red Heifers episode one. Let me just say this too real quick. I know we're supposed to end. No, but. it's great. Those of you that are watching, you are now like on the inside of this. Yeah. Because God has opened a door, we're involved personally behind the scenes. We're going to keep you updated. So yeah. tune in because as this progresses, we're going to be like your news, you know, hot off the press and tell you as soon as we find out this is what's happening, here's the progress on it. And so you're now, our audience is a part of what we're doing and we're yeah. going to be in the middle of this together. So how exciting is it to be on the inside of what God's doing and uh, to be an example. Literally yeah. the inside. Yeah. Literally. In the same pen with the red heifers. Yeah. In, Potentially in going to get sacked. Touch them, pet them, all of that. And yeah. so, wow. yeah, you'll find a ton of accounts and secondhand stories of it, but yep. firsthand. Oh, right man. here. Yeah. Man. Only here. Only here. Only here. Faith and friction. Faith and friction. Join us next time. See ya.